0: My special guest today is a sensational actress who played leading roles in not one, not two, not three, but four iconic television series. She is adored worldwide for her superb performance as one of the Bill's most beloved characters. Ladies and gents, if you've got sirens, turn them on now because she's here at last. The wonderful Lisa Gagan. Lisa, welcome to the Bill podcast.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice introduction. Wow, well,
0: thanks. You know, this podcast is about celebration and, and yours is a talent to celebrate. And it must be an oh. interesting time in your life because these hit shows that you've been a part of all now have conventions and Q&As. You know, I saw yeah. earlier this year you were on stage in front of a packed audience to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Desmonds. Yes,
1: yes. Oh, that was great. We did it at um, Peckham Theatre, a lovely little theatre in Peckham, and it was a it was like um, a tribute evening almost to Trix World the writer. So everybody came. It was so good. And the young company there of actors, they actually recreated the scenes that we'd, we'd done before. So it was really strange seeing other people doing your scenes that yeah. you'd done before. The other girl, Kim, the other actress in it, me and her were sat together. We just, it was, it was like weird watching these young girls being up playing our parts. It was really weird. Nothing like that has ever happened before really. Someone oh. else doing your part. Yeah. Was great though. We had a lovely evening. Everyone was so happy. It was great. Oh, wow. Frix is brilliant. He's such a good writer. He made everything so easy for us all on Desmond. Mm. The words just flowed so easily. It was it was really a great time. And yeah. everybody was just saying what a lovely time we had. It didn't feel like work.
0: It was that good. Mm. Yeah, it was really nice. And Let's go a little bit further back in time. I mean, when when did you first get the acting bug? Well,
1: do you know what? Because I knew I was doing this interview with you, I was thinking about that yesterday, and I was thinking, wow, I, I think I always had the acting bug. I always wanted to be an actress, but. You know, being a girl from Bermondsey, I didn't know anybody that was an actor or an actress. So it was a little bit like saying I wanted to be a princess. You know oh, what I mean? It was yeah. a bit like, Okay, be actress, <laughs> you know, get on with real work, you know. So it was a little bit of a fantasy really. But luckily enough, as time went on, I went to the old Vic youth theatre and to Anna Scherz and met other people that really were acting. Yeah. So it was like what people can really do this. Real people, yeah. like me. Yeah, so it, always, I think. the fact, that what I was thinking yesterday, I remember me and my mum going to the careers officer, you know, when you're about 15 at school and you go to the careers officer and she says, what do you want to be or whatever. Yeah. And I said to my mum, don't tell her that I want to be an actress. And I remember my mum saying, well, why? Why would you not tell that? I said, mum, don't say anything. Just don't. Oh. Anyway, when we get in there after five minutes, of course, my mum says, Well, you know, well, actually, the thing that she really likes is acting. You know, I was already at the Elphick Youth Theatre and possibly, yeah, and Anna Anna Scherz by then. So it wasn't, I was actually practicing. So the careers woman actually laughed and said, Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm thinking of the word princess, because she actually said, Yes, and I'd like to be a princess.
0: No way. Whoa. Yeah, and
1: when we came out, my mum said to me, oh, Lisa, I'm really sorry, I should never have said that. I said, yeah, mum, people don't seem to get it. Mm. She went, oh, because she, she was mystified, because she was, you know, you want to be an actress, then you'll be an actress. You yeah. want to be an astronaut? You know, she made me believe I could be anything. So she was more myth than me, really. But I thought from that day on, you know, don't say it, just do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love the yeah. fact that your mum was so supportive. You know, it, it really, It maybe nowadays it's the other way round that the careers officer might be more...
1: I know. And also I did have a headmistress who was a nun. A lot of our teachers were nuns. It was a Catholic school. And she called me in the next day and said to me about, you know, I heard you, you were in the careers office yesterday and you said that you want to be an actress. And I said, yes, I do. And she said, this is what she said. She said, do you know that is a career for husbands? So she said.
0: Bloody hell. Wow.
1: No, it was really like, oh my God, everyone's against it. <laughs> but anyway, not my mum. No. But that was all right. How can you believe that? I know. I know. How awful is that? Well I think now, if I was, you know, the woman I am now, I'd be able to say something. Yeah. But of course, at the time, you have to just say, yes, sister. Mm. Whatever you say, sister. And that was it.
0: Who who were your a- acting heroes or influences as you were growing up?
1: Well, do you know, when growing up, there wasn't many people really on the television, was there, that had Cockney accents. Mm. Anybody that had an <laughs> accent like mine, <laughs> I really thought, oh, my God. Do you remember that programme? Was it the Seven Street Gang? Oh, yes. Yeah, and there was a, 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 a girl in that played Sharon, her name was. I don't remember the actress's name. I just used to think she was amazing, because I thought, she speaks like me. She speaks like me. Look, she's an actress. (laughs) And funnily enough, years later, she was a guest on the bill.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, I know. And I was like, hello. And I thought, wow, Okay, (laughs) Calm down. But I just couldn't believe it It was her. I thought, oh, my God, there's that woman. But apart from that, it was more, you know, I liked all the old... The musicals, me and my mum used to watch all those together. So I used to like all those things, you know, your Judy Garland's and your yeah. Barber Streisand's and all those things. But, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. And there we were in Bago having lunch together. Oh. I told her, I said, look, when I was young, you were on the TV and you had a Cockney accent like me and I just thought you were amazing. And, yeah, I think she was used to hearing it. I don't know. She was kind. She was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, you
0: really. I can only imagine how badly I would have dealt with if I'd have been, like, a teenager and then being a professional actor, getting telly roles like you did with Tucker's Luck. I, I can only imagine how badly I'd have dealt with it. I think I would have become that royal pain in the arse that everyone was like, oh, do go away and shut up. How, how did you deal with it, you know? Do you know what?
1: I guess being at Anna Shurs really is the that gives you the ground in for everything. Because Anna just made it so clear that, you know, this isn't pie in the sky. This isn't, this is reality. This is a professional job. You have to be professional. You have to be sensible. You never say you've got a job unless you've signed the contract. I think she really drummed into us all that it wasn't anything special, if anything, you're probably going to be out of work for most of your life, she kind of drummed into us, you know? She gave us the thoughts and all. Within that little community, nobody really was got out of hand. It was more a case of, oh, you're, oh that's lucky you got that job. It was very much about you got lucky. You got lucky that you fitted the part, that you were the right height for, you were the right... You know, it was never really about you couldn't do it, because everybody there, was, we were all encouraged we could do it. So it was more just, you know, luck of the draw. So you never took anything personal in the same way you didn't take it personal that you did get the job and think you were the bee's knees. You just thought, oh, I've got lucky on that one. So it was kind of that, attitude, really.
0: Yeah. It must have been uh, really weird when 20-odd years later Todd joined for cast of Bill. It, it must have been really funny.
1: <laughs> I know that. That was weird, that was weird when Todd joined the cast of DeVille. And we did have a good laugh, I must admit, me and Todd, about, you know, at that time. Because when I was, um, when I, when I was in Tucker's Luck, and obviously that was weird because I knew who Tucker was before I'd got the part. You know, it wasn't like you've gone into a job and you're all starting at the same. Todd was, I mean, Todd was, Tucker was enormous, wasn't he? Yeah. Tucker, everyone was Tucker. I don't think, I, even to this day, I'm I'm not sure that I know anyone that was as famous as Tucker at that moment in time. You know, Todd was in. Oh, it was. I think for him it must have been really, really hard because people would follow him around and everything. He was just a really normal bloke. I just, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, and also, you know, I loved Tucker as well, which was a bit weird. Yeah. I actually really loved Tucker's luck and Todd. Yeah. So that was a bit weird, Being his girlfriend. I remember thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> he's <really> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, so luckily, I, you know. But we laughed about this when we uh, met again on the bill. We laughed about it. I was like saying, oh, my God, do you remember? And he admitted... That he drove the motorbike way too far, showing off while I'm on the back. I remember thinking, this can't be right. I'm on the back of this motorbike. We have told we had to do loads of scenes on a motorbike. Tucker was into his bike. But then we'd have a stuntman, and I'd still be on the back. And when I reached out, I was still on the back with the (laughs) stuntman. That's not right, is it? So obviously, we laughed about that as well. Yeah. Precious Tucker, I
0: couldn't get on the bike. Odd. Yeah, I'm hanging on the back for dear life. Yeah. But that was a nice time, really nice time. And we were so young. Well yeah. But but what I admire about you is that you you just seem like you were born to be on telly. I mean you're you're so good right from the off in your career. Oh.
1: Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah,
0: it's true. You're just a natural, and that's not everyone gets it, do they? Not everyone can do that technical acting craft.
1: Well, you know what? That's what I loved about the deal—the technique of it all. You know, not just saying your lines. The actual sort of the teamwork of the whole crew and the camera department, and that we've all got. You know, there's one camera. We're all working together. We're all, you know, running down a staircase at quite fast speeds. Yet the cameraman's doing it backwards. <laughs> yeah. So we're all helping each other out, and we're all, you know, uh, that's what I loved about the bill, actually,
0: the whole technical side of it all. How did you come to be joining the regular cast? Because you'd done a guest appearance before joining as Polly.
1: I did do a guest appearance, that's right. And then when I came up for to do the uh, to audition for the regular part. I think the guest appearance had been like a year before or something, not that long. And in the guest appearance, I wear a hat. Yeah. I don't know why I'm wearing a hat, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I'm driving a car, wearing a hat. Not, and Anyway, it was a lovely hat, but I'm not sure why that happened. But obviously I'm a guest, I just do what I'm told. The costume department said, put the hat on, I put the hat on. But luckily for me, I kept saying, yeah, well I did wear a hat as so though that made all the difference. <laughs> and they seemed, to, they seemed to just totally overlook. It was a very small part, so I was lucky in that sense. I had other auditions with the bill that I didn't... Yeah, I remember at the time my agent saying to me, yeah, you don't really want to take that because really you'd rather hold out for a regular part. And I thought, oh, okay, it's not really. But okay, I went with her. And, you know, luckily it paid off, luckily for me. When I went for the bill, Three auditions I had, um, and the third one was a screen test. And on the screen test, there was three girls: me, a redhead, and a brunette. And we did it. We did a little um, thing with Trudy. Yeah, and I thought, then, oh my God, how lovely is she? I don't know if they even knew what they were looking for because there was three girls. We all looked totally different. Yeah, and I was thinking, oh no, how many blondes are there in the bill? <laughs> <girls?" laughs> And when I did get the job, eventually, they said to me, would you um, consider dyeing your hair red or would you have a bob haircut? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll have a bob haircut. Sounds good. I fancy the bob haircut anyway. So, yeah, Yeah. I know I'd be stuck with it for years to come. But I agreed to the bob haircut. Yeah. I'm mad now thinking back all those things.
0: What appealed to you about playing Polly and and how similar was Belisa of 1992 to to Polly Page? Oh, my God. I could not believe...
1: Do you know, before I got the bill, I know this sounds a bit... I I used to say to my husband, well, my boyfriend then he was, and I'd say to him, do you know what? I'd love to be in the bill. I had it in my mind. I would just love to be in the bill because I thought, being a Cockney, playing a police officer... it sort of goes against doesn't it do you know what I mean I know now things are very different I know it wasn't that long ago but things were so different just being a a cockney blonde I just thought oh, wouldn't it be great if I was a police officer a copper you know it goes against what you're thinking so I was so happy to get that part I was over the moon actually because it was something I actually wanted normally when you go for an audition you try not to want it too much (laughs) do you know what I mean but so I went in there and I thought I really want this job, I really want to be a police officer in the bill. Yeah. So you know
0: when I did Big deals?
1: Yeah. The writer of Big Deal is Jeff McQueen.
0: Of yeah? course.
1: Jeff, who was just a normal bloke, really normal bloke, not you know, not from that background at all, he used to come out on set like nearly every day. He'd be out with us all the time, Jeff, and oh, Gorn wow. Granger. Because he loved it. He couldn't believe, really, that his work was being... Because up uh, until then, I think he just had the odd episode of Gentle Touch or whatever. That's right, yeah. So he'd come out time, yeah. So, and he said... I remember we were all in the pub in the afternoon, and he said, I'm writing this thing, this police thing. And it, it's about um, coppers, and he was basing it on this mate he knows, this mate of his that had, you know, done a bit of... Ducking and diving, and had run from the police, and had fallen through a glass roof or something like that it was. And he's writing this one-off, this wooden top thing, this pilot, or this, or maybe it was even the series then. And I remember thinking we, we were all excited for him, like, oh, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. And then when it came on, we all, um, we all watched, thinking, oh, this is jet thing. How funny is wow. that? And then about to be. I know, my greatest part that I ever had, the bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how funny. Oh. And I remember it at the time him saying, like, oh, you know, you lot will all get parts in it and all this. And how funny. Wow. Oh, I love and that. he'd done a run of police were chasing him and he thought he'd write, start writing about that. And then it ended up being about the police and Woodentop. I remember it from the office. Because of Jeff, I've purposely watched it. You know what it's like if, if I said if to you, are Ben's in something, or yeah. you think, oh, well, I'll check out, because he's in it. Yeah. And I'm not sure how similar, because when I did get the job, the rundown that I got was that Polly was already on the other release, so all the guys knew her and she knew them, because obviously on the bill, we're only, they're only showing you that the, that this time, the one relief. They have two reliefs that swap over, and I was on the other one apparently that you don't see. So it was a. Gr- he said to me, "It's going to be like a gradual. You already know everybody, but you've just swapped to this relief now." And also the rundown was I was from Bermondsey, which was me. You know, it was kind of me. Like, hey, I thought, oh wow, I'm not sure if I if stayed. You know, made it easier. I don't know, but it was great. It was brilliant. Learning all those big long words that I had no understanding <laughs> of what they meant
0: <laughs> it was a bit tricky, but we got through it. <laughs> did did they send you out on the beat or anything like that? We often
1: went out with the real police, but that wasn't till I was way in, I think, till I was in. Not from the off. From the off, you're just in acting. yeah. And then you did do little... You know, going out, but obviously you watch how they do it. But you know, they're real. They're real. You haven't got that. You haven't got that real. Oh, I would never. I, you know, I admire the police. I, I, I don't know how they do it, really. To be honest, the real job. I have no idea how you would cope with that, or be able to go home and switch off. And that would be the thing I think that I would find the hardest. I'd have a house full of. Wastes and strays. I wouldn't be able to cope. I don't think with all that. But I guess you harden up, don't you, over the years? You must do, like every job.
0: Well, you were joining a lineup of tough women with with Trudy and Sita and Nula and Lynn Miller. It was like what a lineup of great actresses.
1: And I used to watch the Bill. I loved the Bill. I actually loved it before I was in it. And Trudy, I oh, I loved her. I loved her character. I love Sita's character as well. She just—I just watched a big storyline with her and Jim Carver, and Sita still looks twelve years old, doesn't she? <laughs> I mean, look at that girl! Look at her. She does. She looks younger now than she did then. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all used to actually not well tease her a little bit, you know. Ceta don't smoke. Sita, don't drink. Ceta only eats fruit. Well, who's laughing now, Peter? <laughs> you are. Because <laughs> I saw her on something recently and I thought, oh, my God. I didn't know whether to, to throw something at the telly or not. <laughs> I thought, Peter, what? What's going on? Yeah, she is good. And she really does look just the same. And I just thought, oh, she's great. And Lynn Miller was brilliant. And there was Louise Harrison. She was there as well at the time. And, of course, Nuala. Oh, Nula was lovely. And Nula went to Anna Scherz, so I knew Nula anyway. And she was just so kind to me, Nula. I remember when I arrived. She was really kind. She's such a nice girl, she is. And her life was, she was having her, I think she was just got married and she was off having babies. And so she'd taken on her whole new world. But she was just so kind to me, I remember. Yeah, really, they all were.
0: At that time, you know, 18 million people were watching The Bill. You know, it was. The number one show on telly. Everyone always forgets it. it was getting higher viewing figures than EastEnders at that time. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Eighteen million. At eighteen million in
1: 1993.
0: Oh my god. Do you oh. do you recall a change? I mean, because you'd obviously already experienced some fame already in your career, but did it go up an extra level when you were established in the bill and you're getting recognised?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because the bill went to, it seemed, a wider audience. Like, when I did... um, I did a series called Big Deal yeah. for the BBC. <clears throat> and I guess that was my... Well, Tucker's Luck I did first. But then I did this series called Big Deal, which I loved. I did that for three years. And that, I used to get recognised a lot for that. But it was almost by... It wasn't by children or, yeah, or people of my age. It was older people. Well, when I got the bill, it... It was kids and nannies and granddads and and it was a funny recognition almost because it was like they were recognising you were a police officer. You know, there wasn't, whereas other jobs before that, you were sort of being recognised maybe for being an actress. Whereas this one was like you were, you're that police officer, aren't you? You're that, so that was quite weird in itself. But yeah, I don't know if we were all so aware of the viewing figures, or, you know, we were just happy that, like, things were going well at work. you feel like, oh, we had a day today, that went well, and that looked good, and, yeah, I'm not sure that we were so aware of the viewing figures. Well, I'm not sure I
0: was. (laughs) It's such a strong unit at that time, you know, and so many of you who joined at that time stayed with the show for a decade, like Andy Paul and Hugh Higginson, and, Tony Callahan, you know, it was such a solid lineup. It it must have been it must be a very happy part of your life when you look back.
1: Oh my god, it is such when I
0: look back, I look back with such fond
1: memories. We had I, I don't know how they that whether it was luck or whatever, but we really honestly got on. We all just gelled. We just got on, we just had a good time. It really, it was a really lovely place to work. It really was, you know, we all knew about each other. We knew someone was getting a new kitchen or someone's back's gone or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we really each other's lives. Someone's worrying about, you know, their kids got an exam on Thursday and it was really lovely. It was really like, I don't want to say family because that sounds, but it honestly was a really lovely, I felt really connected to everybody. I really did. I really enjoyed everybody's company, really. Obviously, Andy Paul. I knew Andy from Anna Shred. He was my mate. <laughs> so when I first arrived, Andy was there. I was like, yay! <laughs> that was so nice. It was like, oh! And then he said to me, I remember him saying, I'm not going to tell you anything about anyone. I'm going to let you make up your own mind. Oh. obviously I was like, oh, what's he like? What's she like? What's he? he went, you know what? You make up your mind. I'm not going to tell you what I think of anybody or, you know, although he got on with everybody anyway. But I thought that was really nice of him to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he just let me do my thing. And yeah, it was really nice. It was lovely having Andy there, I've got to admit.
0: I suppose you were spoiled with the set up at Merton. Everything there was self-contained. So maybe take us back, like like describe a day in the life of working at Merton or what was it like? What did it smell like? Where where was your dressing room? Like bring it to life for the fans.
1: I remember I used to walk down that corridor, it's a really
0: long corridor. You'd you'd right you'd the front from the front door
1: to make up was the other end of the building. So, you'd walk down that really long corridor. And I remember when I first got the job, I used to walk down that corridor almost skipping.
0: I used to think, oh, I can't
1: believe what I'm here in the middle, walking down this corridor. Yeah, I, was, I walked past everybody's dressing rooms. And on their dressing rooms, you know, they'd, obviously, they'd, once upon a time, there'd been this lovely photograph. Of each person that was in that dressing room, and as the years go by, I think the are added, of course, to these photographs, <laughs> moustaches, and whatever. So I remember thinking, oh, it's like you've got an insight to the person behind the door just by this, by the comedy on the on their door. Right. So we used to start. We'd start at seven o'clock. So you'd be in makeup at seven o'clock. Makeup, of course, is like you know, someone's kitchen in their house. The makeup department, it's like the hub. You, know, you hang out in makeup, really, because that's where everything's going on. Everyone's chatting, you know, teas are being made. And so you'd go to makeup and you'd all catch up with who's doing what and what's going on and who's working with who today and why has she got her hair like that today and all sorts of craziness. And then you'd be on set by eight. And then, and do you know what? You were right. We were really spoiled because you, there was a—you'd have your breakfast there. You'd walk into your dressing room, and in your dressing room, there would be all clothes hung up that you're wearing that day. You've already sat in makeup, had your hair done, and your makeup. All you had to do really was arrive, get there, <laughs> and everything else done for you. It was lovely. It was, I often think it must be like the life of my children. You know, yeah. like they wake up and it's done. Oh, yeah, there's your clothes. There's, you know, I miss that. That's the thing I miss the most. People looking after you, you know. And then you'd have all your scenes. And obviously, we'd, you know, be doing lots of different episodes, sometimes three, or even maybe the odd one would be four at a time if you were maybe doing a, a scene from a previous episode or something you're catching up with. So you could be doing up to four a week, but usually three episodes, and they're all colour-coded, so basically in the morning you might be on the green unit doing an episode about something, and then you're whisked off to the blue unit by 11 o'clock, and you're doing another scene there, and then you might go off to the red unit, you could be doing that, or you could be hanging around, you could have had the first scene and the last scene, so it, every day obviously is, was different. But the structure of the place always stayed the same in a way, like the familiarity and the the hub of makeup and Yeah, so really you're just doing lots of different things. All you had to do is you'd get your schedule, you'd get your script, you had to obviously know your lines. But after a while, that becomes really easy, the lines. That's actually the easy part, because you get into the habit of them and you know your character and you know... But the exciting thing would be, you know, you'd read your script the night before but you don't know who's playing that guest part. So you'd learn them in a certain way, presuming that person is going to reply to you in a certain way. And then the next day you'd be at work and you'd meet this person, shake hands, off you go, you do your thing. And often they would deliver their lines in a totally different way to how you'd thought they were going to the night before. So even though you've learned your lines, you've got to obviously listen to react to them so each day, I found that quite exciting, really, not knowing what was going to happen. But then, obviously, when we got more soapy storylines, you know, like when it went into our own private lives, then there was more continuity for us, really. We knew where our characters were at. Where before that, when we were... When I first joined, it was really more about the guest artists, wasn't it? Yeah. We were delivering the lines for them. They were the ones telling the story each week. Sometimes you'd be in an episode with a guest artist and you'd think, oh my God, this is like the best actor that I've ever worked with in my life. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know this person or I've never seen them before or you think, wow, these people, there's so many and they just come in and do it because it's not easy being a guest. It's not easy because you come in and you're expected to keep up with the pace that everybody else is. And we're in a routine. We know, we know the set, we know everything. But I think it must have been really tricky coming in as one
0: of the guests. I suppose because you'd done it yourself, be a guest, and you yeah. you know what it's like, so you can. I mean, Ben Payton, I mean, he thinks a world of you, and he he just. I, I said I was talking to you oh. today, and he he just. I send her send her my love. You know, she's such a kind, unassuming lady, and oh. and a really good actor. So there we go. Um... Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, he was oh, he's such a lovely boy. He is. I'm so glad. That everything that he's so happy and he's just so nice. He came in like a breath of fresh air. He did. He was brilliant. We all loved him immediately, and you just want to take him under your wing, don't you? He's such a nice. And of course, he met Sarah Jane, and oh my God, it was lovely romance. Yeah. So it was all. He was so such a nice really nice kids and his mum and dad were lovely and they came down to set and I was really he's a really nice boy really nice and we had a real laugh working together a real laugh
0: I remember as well an early episode and I, I double checked it because like you know where your dad Chris Simmons do Lola you also helped deliver Lucy Speed's baby in a lift
1: oh my god yes <laughs> that was way back. Right. That's like thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah. That one. That's right, Stephen. Beckett. Yeah, that's Steven right. Steven. Absolutely. I think it was one of. The, I think we'd only just joined because we joined at a similar time, and it was. Yeah, I remember that. And it was in the lift, and we delivered the baby. Yeah, I think Lucy hadn't yet gone even even gone into Eastenders yet.
0: No, that's right. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah.
0: So it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, that was good. Oh, Stephen Beckett, another lovely fella. We had a good laugh as well, because we joined then at the beginning. That was like a whole different group, wasn't it? People left, and then a new group of came in. Oh, my God, they were all good, all of them. I mean, yeah, Tony O'Callaghan, he was a lovely fella. Jeff, we can't not mention Jeff.
0: No, but legend.
1: <laughs> the legend. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: we can't. It, it's not the bill without mentioning Jeff. So much fun with this. We had such a laugh. He's so funny. He's the funniest
0: person. He
1: really is.
0: It's underrated just what a kind of comic genius he is.
1: I agree. Genius is the words, really. Because he could make just a few words on a page into <laughs> something really funny or memorable. Or... And he's, he's... the way he uses his props, getting back to continuity... I'm sure the continuity ladies used to pull their, well, I'm not sure, I know, pull their hair out. Because he's like a master with those props. But you can see out of the corner of your eye the continuity lady scribbling down every move he makes. Because, you know, he's pouring tea, he's shaking his sugar pack, he's he's doing so many things while delivering a simple line (laughs) of your wanted in the front office. Or something, <laughs> he, he is genius, he's a loving fella, and he's so funny.
0: And he he had that lovely, sort of unexpected double act with Paul Usher. Oh, that was lovely, wasn't it?
1: That was that worked so beautifully, didn't it? It was like chalk and cheese, those two, and yet they worked so well together really well. And then I saw Paul on EastEnders the other day.
0: Yeah, it's great that he's in that.
1: Yeah, in fact, I actually spoke to him the other day as well. He was telling me he was on EastEnders. He was mad coming to... <laughs> uh, on the phone. I don't... Yeah, and he was telling me to... he'd ended up marrying the girl that he was going out with on the bill, and they've got a boat, they have a little boy, and, yeah, yeah so many people. That's... <laughs> yeah.
0: We need you on EastEnders next. Oh,
1: yes, please. I wouldn't mind some of that. I would love that. Yeah, I'd love that. You never know, do you? See, fingers crossed. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah, that would be nice. It's in, you know, you'd be home. You're not going away for it. Yeah. Like when I did casual, I did a guest part in Casualty. Yeah. It's all the way in Cardiff. Yeah. You know, like oh, the kids and, you know, you think, oh, no, I don't want to be missing out on anything.
0: I mean, you were superb in that casualty, by the way. You were really, really bloody good in it. Oh, really? Thanks.
1: <laughs> you really watch something and think, oh, yeah, that was great. You're always thinking, oh, should I have done that then? Or should I have looked that way? You know what it's like, you always... But I don't beat myself up about it. I just get on with it. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I suppose you didn't have time for Reflection making, like, over 600 episodes of The Bill, you know. You must have just been, well, and and on occasion making two or three different episodes all at once. Exactly, you didn't. Although,
1: saying that, I can remember you'd drive home in the car and I'd always think on the way home, oh, should have done that like that, maybe. Or should have... You always have a moment, but, of course, then tomorrow is another day with a whole new set of scenes and dilemmas that Polly has got herself into to get through. Like you say, you just haven't got time to dwell on it, which is probably healthy. Done. There's no more you can do. Move on. But I was always surprised when I saw the bill, just not not even not just when not saying when I was in it, but even when I wasn't in it. Just how quality it was really. The oh, stories, yeah. I loved it when it used to be an actual little story, almost like a little play for today. You knew that you tune in at any time, watch it, and you get a beginning, a middle, and an end rather than ongoing. Cause sometimes, you know, you haven't got time to watch something over and over. I mean, now we've got Sky Plus and you can tape everything and whatever, but even that can be a bit of a drag, can't it? If you've got, you know you've got something on tape, it's like a, you're suddenly under pressure. Oh, I must watch that. I must get that. i have take three episodes. Whereas then you could just tune in Watch it. You might not watch it again for two weeks. And you tune in again and get a whole story. I love that about it. It was like a little play, actually.
0: Another of your early ones I enjoy, you know, it's a a great example of a standalone story. It's it's called The Price of Fame, and and Polly has to go undercover as a model. Oh,
1: my God. You're bringing up ones like I've forgotten about. I remember what you say. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, my God, yes. That was madness. Yeah, she's like, all right, think of something that will make you smile. Think of Michael Douglas, and you go, yuck. Think of Arnie Schwarzenegger, double yuck. Oh, my God, that sounds...
1: It was so corny, wasn't it, that? <laughs> Oh, no. I remember it
0: well. Because your comic time is fab, because you get back in the car with Sam Miller and Nick Stringer, and they say, how did it go? And, and you just very sweetly say, they say, oh, I've got a future. <laughs> I'm like, no, what what happened?
1: <laughs> I think she's got a modelling career out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> uh, I mean, she was. They did write her funny, didn't they? I like that. There was a bit of humour. that She was a little bit funny, and also because I knew I, because you know, when I got the job, they I they said I'd be coming in gradually, like I said earlier. So I knew I was in for a while. So in a way, it was nice to sort of start her off as a little bit kind of, well, what she would have been, naive, because she was only a rookie. So it was nice to play that as well and then sort of slowly get, you know, more into the job, like she was more capable as time went on. I thought that, would, that was quite a nice little journey for her, even though back then we didn't, it wasn't about us. So you had to kind of find your own little thing that you were doing, even though you were just delivering lines in a way for the guests to tell their story. But yeah, she was. Fine. I remember that episode. It was. I oh know. I'm cringing a bit now. Oh no! Thinking don't. Of- <laughs> I remember it. Yeah. Oh yuck! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but it was all. It was all good fun. Wasn't
0: it? The the male fans obviously liked Polly, and therefore they like you, and they're going to write in and and I remember reading a a magazine interview of you where they were people were asking for sort of saucy photos, and then you'd give them a photo of you and a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like
1: a good I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I was never really comfortable with that part, like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I know, some of the girls were so glamorous, I envied them for being that way, but, you know, I just felt a little bit, even talking about playing that bit was a bit cringy. Yeah, I know, it was a disappointment. I give them, You, I remember uh, saying that as well and then seeing it in print and thinking, oh, my God, why did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I know what you mean, it was a bit... I suppose, yeah, she was young and... Yeah, I think uh, most of my um, letters, male letters, were more like, you know, sort of 12-year-olds or something, where I was like, we really like you, we want to be a woman like you. It was more that kind, really. Samantha Robson, she was our glamour queen. She was comfortable with that sort of thing. Susan, Caroline, oh, my God, both of them... I saw Suzanne not that long ago, and oh, she was showing me pictures of her kids and all grown up. And I just think of her; I can't help it. You know, it's like when you meet someone for the first time. I wonder, do you always remember them as that person? Because to me, she was all—she was just a little girl to me, you know, just this lovely little girl. And so seeing her all grown up now with her own family, just yeah, makes me old. That's what. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, she was lovely, and Caroline, she
0: was lovely as well. Well, when they did, you know, sex up the show for, for you know, make it that sort of let's go behind closed doors, I mean, they they put you front and centre of that, didn't they? You know, they really used <laughs> you for the, the love triangle storylines or the broken heart storylines or, you know. I mean, it must have been a nice time for you because presumably... You know, as times going on, you're in a you're in a, you're in a hit show. But was there points in that sort of late nineties where you thought, "Well, do I stay with the show? Do I do I leave? When's the right time to leave?" You know what what was what was going through your thought process?
1: Yeah, you're right. When they changed the show up, it was like a new job. It actually was like a new job. Suddenly, it was about us, our characters. We were going behind the scenes, like you say, I had a parent I had a brother. I didn't know the brother until <laughs> You know what I mean? All sorts of things were happening. I can remember um Daikun and weddings, um, Jenny and Huey's character, Garfield, the triangle. I can remember getting scripts where I'm I'm really put out by it. I'm like, oh, you thought me doing that on your friend and I can remember saying why is Polly so bothered? Why is she bothered? Why is she being so nosy? It's got nothing to do with her. But as it turns out, cause she's in love with Quinnon yeah. <laughs> But I didn't even know at the time. I remember thinking, why so bothered? What's oh. the problem? God, anyone would think that she was in love with Quinnon or Garfield. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> then the next thing, so it, it was good fun. We had a laugh. It was, it was, yeah, it was nice. The stories being about us, really. You know, we are actors. We do like to show off and stuff. It's like, whoa, this episode's about my character. So it was nice. It was great, really.
0: Yeah, it was sweet that episode uh, when you, you're having to paint Andy's eyebrows back on because they've been shaved off. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. Oh my god. Yeah, that was sweet, wasn't it? Yeah. I actually felt I I felt for her, for Polly. I really did. I used to think, Oh, poor Polly, like even I thought it and I was playing her.
0: I must say, chatting to Lisa Gagan, it's like chatting to an old friend. I mean, she could be, I think, one of the nicest human beings on the planet. So lovely, so friendly. And lots of gold dust. And there's more to come in part two. We kind of go all over the place, really, during her, her, her time of the bill, but it was great. She just um, sparkled with memories and uh, it's nice sometimes just to have a casual chat and let the gold dust shine. More to come in part two, coming up in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I will leave you with that classic theme tune from my pals John, Rich, Colin and Simon, and their band, Witless Protection. Bye for now.